So this morning's Dharma talk from uh, from where we're at here at uh, isolating ourselves as everyone is doing these days. We're at my home in Uno's home in near Bellevue, Michigan. We're out in the countryside. And so title of the Dharma talk is Feeling, which is actually one of the links, the 12 links on the chain of existence uh, called the 12 Nidanas. Um, feeling, um, I think it was yesterday, we talked about at the Traverse City Retreat, talked about uh, contact. So there's contact and there's a feeling. So I want to emphasize the feeling part of this. We can talk about uh, about the other links somewhat, but the uh, and you know there's different ways of talking about this. There's different uh, ways that teachers uh, talk about how to work with this. Some say the, the feeling is there, and then it uh, goes into a desire, and one needs to cut before the desire or cut after the desire, but before the the grasping. And I would say uh, setting up any kind of tight protocol uh, is. Uh, a little bit too controlling and could be not intentionally, but could be a little bit dis- disrespect, disrespectful or um, um, not clear about the way each person works with their mind in a different way. Um, so and I think that needs to be left up to the individual. That's why I no longer teach the traditional Tibetan form of Shine and Laktong or mindfulness awareness or Shamatha Vipassana, however you want to say it. I don't try to get rid of it. I think if that's what you're doing you, and that is what you want to do and that's what your teacher, possibly, if you uh, have uh, have a teacher, maybe you should uh, do it that way. So right and wrong is get, kind of gets in the way of what we need to see. Right and wrong is a conclusion, whether it's right, conclusion, or if it's wrong, conclusion, relative truth. We need some of that uh, to navigate our world at all because it's a physical uh, world based on uh, materialism mainly, but we could, uh, I'm going to dose this uh, respectfully, incense since it's going right in my nose, <laughs> not a good place for the incense to go. It's probably curious what's in there. So feeling, we all know what that is. Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of, Trungpa uh, Rinpoche called it uh, high-speed thought, and I think he, he probably didn't know what it was either, and that seemed to satisfied questioners but we're not really sure what that is it's it seems to there's no way that i can know what when i'm having a feeling or emotion and i ask you there's some similarity but i, I think it's probably quite unique uh com- combinations and uh, co- uh conditions there and uh, also there's uh when uh, you want to say there's lots of uh comments coming on. I don't know whether they're questions or not on the screen. So this is the first time we've really worked on this this way. So it'll take us a while to maybe understand what's the, what a form would be appropriate. Uh, I invite your questions. I'm happy to spend the rest of the hour or whatever responding to questions. So, um, but I'll go just a little bit further with this feeling. We have the feeling, we have, uh, we have the contact, and then there's a feeling about it. And the feeling will... Uh, just to generalize, will be positive, negative, or neutral. I'll, oh, I like that feeling. Or, uh, I don't care for that. That's not so good. It shouldn't be happening. Or then there's the kind of the neutral one, where um, a neutral feeling is like the feeling your your feet have uh, as you walk across the room. It's neutral. You feel it, but it's it may feel good. It may not. But now, if you're walking on bunny rabbits, um, that may be pretty uh, a pretty nice feeling to the bottom of your feet. Of course, it wouldn't work too well for the rabbits. 
but if you're working on uh, hot coals and there's the extreme, of course, that's going to be the other way around. So maybe those uh, images don't work so well. That, that being said, that's an area where um, using just those, um, the idea of contact or uh, sparsha, and sparsha mudra is the mudra you see the Buddha doing uh, when he's touching the earth, when uh, the daughters of Mara or illusion are challenging his enlightenment, and he says, this earth, this solid, sane earth is my witness. So he didn't say, I'm enlightened because, he just said, this is my witness. So he, uh, what did he do? He, uh, in the relative sense, he related to everything and included everything. So first we have uh, contact, which we may be seeing something, maybe smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. We have the contact. So what I uh, would recommend in your sitting practice to do a little bit of that, not only in post-meditation, but in the practice itself. Notice when thoughts arise, when there's just just at that moment when there's a contact, uh, and then see what, what flowers or develops or shrinks or grows out of the contact, because that's the next, as the traditional teaching goes, the next link on the chain of existence. If we're, if we're in, in any other area, we're pretty swamped by what's going on there. So this is an area of the consciousness where we have a, a little bit of say-so about it. And that say-so may come in the form of just the way in which you're aware of the texture, quality, intensity, heat of the feeling. You might not know this. You might not think this. You might not even agree with this. But when you feel something, uh, immediately we tend to do something with it. To just feel something and do nothing with it is uh, called appreciation. We actually allow appreciation means, from this point of view, means to give something the space to be what it is. And the quality that arises in your consciousness may not be positive, negative, or neutral. It's possible to do that. It's possible to look uh, at something, feel something, smell something, look at some food, uh, meet, a, meet a new person that you've never met before, and take no position. Uh, you'll notice probably that the mind tends to immediately look for what? Something else, something else, something else. It doesn't want what's in front of it because that challenges the ego mind um, and is uh, uh, ego mind, self-centered mind doesn't feel very secure without having some kind of relative knowledge about, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? How often do we have conversations with people when you say, well, that's good or bad? Is that good? Is that good? We might even ask our friend, our mother, our son, for that matter, uh, is, that, is that good? Is that good or bad? Is that good or bad? We immediately want to know this or that, this or that. So it's the very nature of confusion uh, uh, and delusion to want a, what, conclusion, to want to know. So the self-centered mind will will go to the next link from uh, uh, the, from contact uh, to feeling to uh, craving or desire, want, wanting something, wanting more of that, wanting less of that. Interesting thing about that, and this is something you could reflect on a little bit, when you have a feeling, if you do nothing with it, if you take no position on it, you really don't, you know it's a feeling, but you don't know whether you like it or don't like it, or you don't really know until you start to ignore the feeling and opt for what you want about the feeling. This is the way ignorance works. It actually acknowledges a split second. It acknowledges that and then immediately abandons that for something else, which is a, a conclusion interpretation or some kind of propaganda that the ego mind, self-centered mind, is spewing forth. So the recommendation is there there is not to uh, have the contact and shut down before uh, before the feeling. 
and not to necessarily have the feeling and shut down before the grasping or not to have the grasping and shut down uh, before the uh, becoming, uh, but to actually, or the fixation, but to actually watch those areas and see if you can uh, be aware. It's an awareness practice. Be aware of how those are functioning, how those, when one changes into the next one and then goes back to another. You can even return to the contact is something I talk about a little bit. I think I did, may have yesterday. You can actually use the natural uh, cycle of uh, thinking process, feeling awareness process to circle back around to the contact. So you can go to the original touch, the original, the original touch, and then the feeling will arise again. So there's so many ways to talk about that. There's so many ways uh, of all the people that are observing this or watching this or attending this uh, Dharma talk. Your personal uh, orientation towards your mind is going to be very, very personal. When I say that, I'm not saying uh, personal in the sense of, uh, of being totally different than others, but quite a bit. The way things build up for each person is different. And this is why I no longer teach, not directly. If somebody practices a Shamatha Vipassana, I was trained to teach that in 1978, taught it for decades, practiced it myself. Uh, now, if I have someone's permission, I would, would invite them to practice in a little bit different way based on what I've been looking for, looking at for a long time. And uh, on the other hand, and on the same hand, I would still, if somebody really wants to practice Shamatha Vipassana, I, could, I would encourage that and I can even teach that. So, um, but Shikantaza, which is Japanese for just precisely this, just precisely this. So Shikantaza is whatever's happening, that's what you watch. You don't try to create an artificial or temporary or a, a stand-in meditator who's doing better, who's getting better, who's getting more aware, who's getting, 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 or losing their uh, distraction or losing their confusion or losing. Those are very relative. Not that they don't work. They do. At some level, of course, they work. Um, and so going back to the individual personality, the reason that I teach in a little bit more open way, uh, aligned with the, the ancient teaching of uh, that is uh, that the Zen uh, call, uh, Zen Buddhism calls uh, Shikantaza, is uh, it gives a lot more openness to what will arise in the mind so that whatever is arising in the mind can be modified somewhat by your insight, your prajna. So rather than try to perfect some kind of meditator or some kind of stillness uh, ahead of time. I would say, look at the chaos. As long as it comes up, look at the confusion, look, look, observe, observe, observe. And then when it is time, if you want to use that word to begin to settle into what that is, then that will happen out of the karma, the causes and conditions that arise as everything, the color of your hair, the color of your skin, uh, your sexual orientation, uh, on, on all of her, I'm just saying a couple because there, there are countless numbers of things that are rising in anyone's mind stream, in anyone's uh, lifetime, and changing constantly, and is constantly being affected by all the other things that are elbowing for uh, some kind of uh, acknowledgement or identity or singularity or place of their own. <clears throat> so there's lots of things. Things on the screen. Yeah. You see them. So are there any questions? Yes. Uh, Junju has a question. She sure. said, how does the earth witness? 
just not separate. I don't know if the daughters of Mara, maybe the one on the left, said, so I think I think her name was Junshu. <laughs> so the earth, it's, it's the idea of not separate. So not separate. So this earth is my witness. This everything is everything. But pointing to the earth would be a very uh, distinct way of saying it. You could even say, uh, I am my own witness. What is the, the technical word for that is N equals one. Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> you, you're the witness. It's you, as Komachina uh, Roshi said, get your own authority. And what is that? There, there isn't really any authority. There's just uh, an intense, powerful, and including awareness uh, called wisdom. And it doesn't belong to anyone. It doesn't belong to you or me or the Buddha. Uh, it's something that we awaken to. That's This is why this is called Buddha Dharma or awakened truth. Not uh, religion in the conventional sense but it is a spiritual path that is practiced religiously. Um, there were a number of people who bowed in to say hello. Uh, and Chazam has a question. He says, um, we often interpret feelings in terms of what caused them and what to do with them. Do feelings mean anything? Can we work with feelings without additions? So very good. So I think it's, uh, I think it's about, excuse me, I think it's about including them uh, when they come up rather than uh, start to, if it's a, a lot of complications to it, rather than try to uh, be too nosy about it, it's just uh, just feel, just simply receive the feeling and have a develop, possibly say develop uh, 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 an ability to just be with whatever's happening, whatever's happening, observe, whatever's happening, if it goes away, observe, if it shows up, if it gets stronger, if it gets warmer, if it gets colder, just observe, observe, observe. And that way, we stay in the area, uh, if you use the Nidana, it's called uh, contact. Everything, nothing lasts. Everything is constantly changing. But we tend to solidify it if we want it by grasping and clinging to it or fixating on it. And therefore, it takes on a temporary, um, I don't know if this works or not, but a temporary per a feeling of permanence. Uh, it takes on a feeling of permanence if we want to get rid of it because it wants to stay because there's the nature of well, the mind is it has imagination or the uh, paracalpata, the imaginary nature is so powerful that if you do anything with paratantra or the dependently arisen or that which is just coming because it causes the conditions, it just comes through and lands. But if it has some kind of attachment, it's the right thing. It shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be coming. Uh, I want or I want more of that, that or it's not going, coming in the right way. Uh, then this is an addition that we do when we, uh, when we don't just receive just the contact and then the feeling about it. And the feeling may be positive, negative, or neutral from the point of view of wisdom. Those are just, they're, they're not different from each other. They are separated by their texture and by the contrast, like night and day, like warm and cool are separated, but they're the same thing. Chunchu has another question. She asks, does the feeling happen before the expression of it, does it happen before we actually feel it or recognize it? Yes. Yes, the feeling. Uh, there's the contact, which could be contact with something in, uh, in uh, the present, in, in the room you're in. It could be contact with something that has been uh, in uh, deeper levels of consciousness that's just uh, coming up because of causes and conditions that may be untraceable. It's just coming up, and it's time to, it's time to relate to that. So it's time to for that to... Um, come out of uh, um, its wherever it was in the darkness and come into the light. And so you 
so you have contact with that. And then what I'm uh, what I'm uh, recommending is to look at the contact and see the way in which the contact uh, engenders just that contact engenders the feeling. So don't try to stop the feeling, but just observe what it does. Uh, if it if it's a really difficult feeling, just observe. It's, it, this is why it's called a practice is because you have to do it a lot. You have to you have to deal with the negativity that possibly you've been hiding out from for 20 years. Now you're on a spiritual path. Now you're going to see this deeply. And it's called mind training. Train your mind. Um, uh, Chisho in Houston. Yes. He asks, isn't the act of noting the bare feeling ignoring something else? Meaning the awareness was on something else and it moved to the feeling? Could be. But uh, at the same time uh, you're saying that, uh, I'm saying that that's an example of what exactly what I'm talking to is, is talking about is uh, what you just said to me came out of your awareness. So people will have different experience of the experiences like that. Like you say, isn't that this or isn't that, isn't that ignoring something else? That's awareness. You may need to do quite a bit of that. Uh, Kian uh, from Kalamazoo has a question. He asks, is contact precise? Well, it could be. I mean, if you would say, uh, it would depend on what it is. It's so, it's so varied. I mean, this is precise. But, uh, you know, a seagull diving in the water uh, after a fish is, has some precision to it. But the precision might have happened before the actual contact. The first contact might have been seeing that fish. But then going in the water might have been kind of a mess. There's still contact, but it's, you know, am I, am I going for a swim or is this all about dinner? And you can just about tell what the seagull was thinking. So you could look at it, use your own experience. I mean, sometimes it's, and sometimes it's uh, very complicated. If you go into a, uh, if you go into the mall, which you should be doing these days, but if you go into the mall uh, and you walk in the door, immediately you see, you might see, uh, you know, dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of people. And, but those contacts are, are just all at once, all over the place. And you, you will notice that, you, that as soon as you see someone with, say, with red hair, instead of just, just there, you might go reminded of someone who had hair that color, or you might, uh, or it might trigger uh, looking at someone might trigger emotions that um, that you have not looked at in a few days, few years, few months. So it can be very complicated. All of them, all of the the feelings can come can come up and be they can be polarized. And and what is important to remember in all of this, as you work with this, if if in fact you continue to do this, is don't pick and choose. This is an awareness practice. When you get off the cushion and, and just notice how the sitting practice of meditation, which is the training area, how that, to use a, a human's words, that there's a kind of precision that starts to happen. And that precision uh, is, is there in the midst of maybe very negative feelings, but you're becoming more and more precise about just watching something and not adding on any idea, opinion, conclusion, exclusion, and uh, it's called a path. It's called uh, a spiritual path. It's called a Buddhist path. <clears throat> Shadow has a question along those lines. Uh, he says, yesterday I was swamped by a feeling that was much like hate with no particular story. How do I do nothing with that? It seemed like anything I did after that was a way to modify it. Mm -hmm. So that is awareness. Because the negative feelings are there, we think something's wrong. 
but it's not. It's called the path. It is the path. Uh, that, uh, that same situation before you started practicing might have been totally undercover. You might have actually gotten rid of that feeling by lashing out at somebody and thinking that they had it coming. I'm not saying you would. I'm not accusing you. But I'm saying the way you describe it, I would just say you don't have to do anything. Nothing to correct there. But if there, the self-centered mind, which has not been seen yet, which needs to be seen as unreal, then that still comes in and adds its two cents worth to it, which it usually is in the form as I can't take this anymore, or I don't deserve this, uh, or my spiritual path is wrong, <laughs> not doing this correctly, because we want something, we want results. We, we, this is called what Trump Rinpoche and uh, 1972 had a series of talks he put together, and the book is called Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, which we've been studying. I've been studying for decades and decades. Powerful book. We study it every Tuesday night at the monastery as a group. So uh, trying to get some, trying to get something from something else, trying to squeeze happiness or satisfaction out of samsara, and uh, not easy. It's not that you can't get some pleasure. Nerve endings uh, respond to uh, feelings or and we respond to uh um you know feathers and and uh, you know, 50 writs and paper so they respond to the texture of things yes. chase has another question mm -hmm. he asks how do we respond to the feelings of others instead of reacting so the one that i always talk about uh and i'll talk about now is a way to work with the uh, generosity is rather than to to do it in the form of giving something uh so that you'll get a credential for being so generous uh, is to give everything your attention. And how do you do that? Uh, if you give everything your attention, then you automatically or spontaneously receive what's that, whatever's showing up. So uh, if it's negativity, if someone's glaring at you or giving you a hard time or accusing of something, whether you did it or not, or whether they have a valid uh, reason or not, uh, just receive. And that's, that's so challenging. It's very difficult to do that. But through the sitting practice of meditation, because you're practicing on, on, the, on, the, uh, sub, on the very, um, <clears throat> excuse, excuse me, basis of what is of your life, which, is, which are your thought patterns, your emotions, uh, the 12 links, if you go and study those, and that's something we can talk about more. And every time I touch my nose, I, I say, somebody's saying, don't touch your face. Probably Ethan, if he's even on there. So... So it seems to be necessary to take some time out, sit down, uh, hold still, watch the movement. In other words, train your mind. What you're doing is you're training, you're reprioritizing your mind, which is constantly thinking and grasping and rejecting passion, aggression, ignorance, passion, aggression, ignorance. And you're sitting down and you're, you're, you're stepping back a quarter of an inch or 10 inches or uh, three feet, however you want to look at it. You're stepping back a little bit and you're watching that movement. You're not pushing it. You're not pulling it. You're not doing anything with it. Now, some teachers will say uh, the way to do this is to move, remove the consciousness from the three poisons and uh, train it. In other words, shamatha. Sit down, hold still. When thoughts arise, label thinking, return to the out-breath or return to the, the breath. Or His Holiness, the 17th Karmapa, has his students doing a uh, very tight shamatha. That is, uh, he has them count the breath. Uh, and he may be doing something else, but this is one thing he has done is you count uh, the breath goes out, you say in your mind's uh, ear, one, comes in, one, goes out again, two, comes in again, two, eyes open slightly. And uh, it's just a way of getting that awareness to actually track something and follow something. 
I'm not saying that's uh, incorrect. Uh, that may be what you need to do. And I have students who come to me uh, when I talk to see them personally. I might actually have them do that kind of training. But most of the people that come to me are ready to do shikantaza. You could say it's advanced. You could say it's the simplest form there is. You could say it's kindergarten. You could say it's uh, uh, graduate school. Uh, it just depends on the individual. It depends on the karma that you've been dealing with, not only in this life, way, way, as they say conventionally, back, back there. And is there a back there? Find out. Find out for yourself. Don't believe a word I say. And also, give me the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Kozan has a question. Kozan. She asks, can we function without the reaction to the feeling informing actions? And if so, how? You can. And uh, I think it just uh, takes time. You have to, the feeling of doing that is probably to the ego mind, self-centered mind, the narcissistic mind, which you can't locate. If you, if you would locate it, you can find that. You see that it's not real. And you would no longer believe the thoughts that are rising out of that particular um, masquerade. And the yoga chart tradition is called the seventh consciousness. It's unreal, but it's very difficult to see that. It's very difficult, uh, if not impossible, to see it without uh, a teaching and a teacher and a sangha. That's why we have the three jewels. And again, not marketing anything. Live your whoever's listening. Live your life however you want to. Live it according to your own understanding. It's just a suggestion. Shoto has a follow-up question uh, uh, about hate. He said, "Do I need to relatively activity to give that hate space?" <laughs> the, the hate already has some pretty big elbows. It sounds like you just kind of made it into your mind stream. So I wouldn't necessarily do much with it at all. See, you notice when you're in your question, what, what's behind that question? How do I get rid of this? Or how do I? That's the very nature of samsara is to think there are separate things and some things uh, have a right to live and other things don't. There's no, there, there are differences, but the fundamental nature of anything is not separate. So you need to, uh, since you're asking me, you need to witness that, that hate, those feelings, uh, that the very nature of, uh, of compassion is there. I'm not saying that, that, uh, that hate and compassion are the same thing. Of course not. But, but that's energy that is there that is showing up and is coming from some kind of causes and conditions that you personally have not uh, understood. And I'm not saying you have to go back uh, to the 13th century when you were a, a monk and and uh, Tanambogo Galutu, and, uh, and we're ha having a fight with your uh, brother. Though those kind of things show up, those kinds of orientations show up. Are they true? I don't know, not interested. Truth and uh, truth and falsehood are important in some ways. Sometimes they're extremely important. And other times you really need to look at what the texture of it is. If it shows up, it has a kind of truth to it but it doesn't mean that it's uh, absolute. It's just a relative structure that was probably caused by the entanglement of the self-centered mind or ego in relative structures called families, jobs, careers, the army, um, Cub Scouts. Uh, all these things are constantly, uh, without a, uh, mind training, though these kinds of things are constantly take us, uh, taking us in the area of conclusions and opinions and ideas and structures and society. And the eight worldly dharmas, as you probably all know about more. Uh, not from him, but from Brad in Indiana. It's Brad. He asks, how can I listen deeply to others when I seem flooded by my own? That's awareness. Uh, it's, I'm flooded by my own. But to me, as a dharma teacher, when I hear you ask a question like that, 
uh, that tells me that that you're seeing that. And what I'm saying, again, as a Dharma teacher, I'm saying, do nothing with it. Uh, another way of saying it uh, would be just just be with that. That is not, uh, that's where you actually practice compassion is on your own negativity. You can't really practice it on others. If you do that, then you're just showing off. Look how kind I am. Look how mean they were to me, but how nice I was to them. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm saying don't work on it so much in post-meditation. Uh, it will arise as a upaya or skillful means when you finally made friends with yourself. Up until that time, upaya as a demonstration of your kindness or your inclusivity or your compassion in the everyday world is uh, probably not going to be too strong. <clears throat> Unless you meet a Dharma teacher, then he, she, or they uh, will, be, will be able to see that because they're not separate from you. That doesn't mean they're reading your thoughts. They're probably not interested in them, but they can see who you are. Jisho has a follow-up question. Mm -hmm. He asks, if awareness is outside of the five skandhas, how does it even relate with them? How does it differentiate a feeling from form? doesn't need to. <clears throat> the differentiation, the wishing to differentiate is based on a very subtle, albeit respectful, uh, modality that we call control. And this is something we just don't want to give up control. Even if it would rule subtle for just, if I can just have the control of a piece of scotch tape, the stickiness, if I can just have that much stick, I need to stick to some things. So I don't, I'm not mocking you. I'm saying I'm, what I'm saying is just look at the very question that you asked. Just look at that. Use that uh, using, if you're using the five skandhas, just watch what happens there. Nothing lasts, especially if you have no agenda. If you have an agenda, then it appears to last. The last thing could be that you don't get your agenda. Or the last thing could be, yes, it's finally happening. I'm getting my way. That's working. My meditation is working. I'm feeling more and more connected with the with the bodhisattvas the, of the ten directions and the three times. And you know, there's all kinds of things or conclusions that can happen. Uh, awakening is not a conclusion. If you think it is, then uh, you'll sit on the side of a mountain and imagine what's on the other side, and maybe even tell people what you're imagining. And you know what? They don't have anything to do, so they'll probably believe you. Kuhn has another question. He asks, does contact create a barrier? It could function uh, in a, a barrier kind of way, but not. that's not the way that that is being taught. Uh, but you could make a story out of it that you have contact. For instance, if you walk in a room and you meet someone you, you've never met before, then the contact with them, because the contact immediately starts to elaborate into ideas, opinions, feelings about feelings about that person, positive, negative, neutral, all the nuances in between. So you could say that that is a barrier to what you would have been doing had the person not been in the room. You might have come into the room and worked on your scrapbook, you know, pictures of your favorite kinds of dogs. Or you might have come in being an artist, you might have come in and done some painting, but instead you came in there and you were going to do that. And then this other person came in. So, and the contact with them, of course, changes. It's very, very complicated. Trying to figure that out is what <coughs> quite, um, what materialism is. The world is full of people who are very good at that. And, uh, and they're very good at using anything they can to control you and control your life. And if you're looking for, for control, uh, or if you're looking to escape control, then, then you're, you could be their victim because you're functioning in the same way. But if you, uh, if you see what this is, no one can control you. It's called freedom. They can even threaten your life, and they still can control you because you're you're not you're not living in the conventional sense of 
uh, the polarity called life and death. Susan from uh, Houston has a question. Yes. <laughs> she asks, how do we know it's karma in case we can't be sure about a feeling on the spur of the moment before we act? We just don't act. Don't do anything. Don't do anything unless you absolutely have to. It's something I've been saying for a long time. So if you, if you do something, you don't have to. But anyway, there's some kind of motivation by that behind that. And the basic definition of that is impatience. Not willing to just hold your seat, watch what moves. Fundamentally, anything that's happening isn't any of your business anyway. Why? There isn't anybody. Maybe a lot of business going on, but watch the world do uh, deal with that. Have you noticed uh, how the world is confused? Some of that confusion is actually there, and some of it you're projecting onto it because it's confusion that you haven't looked at here or possibly here. But more than likely, who knows where it's at. So less is better. Have a willingness to have the feeling that will show up of helplessness or not knowing what to do. It's an incredible, as the, it is actually the path to realization and compassion. Until there's wisdom, you're not going to have, you might have powerful feelings, you might have sympathy, you might have, you might see somebody suffering or in pain and you might have incredible um, empathy with them. That's not exactly compassion, it's empathy. It's important, but compassion is not an emotion. If you think it is, then okay, then do it that way if you want to. I'm not going to disagree to have an argument or something, but the way I understand it, uh, it has might have an emotional resonance. On, uh, res resonance. If, it, if compassion becomes uh, if, if compassion becomes powerful, it will knock you on your ass. As His Holiness the 16th Karmapa in, in uh, I think he was in Hong Kong many, many years ago and stood out on the balcony, maybe in the late 70s. And I have to paraphrase the story, but stood out, went out on the balcony and, and engaged over the city and was so incredibly moved by the suffering he sensed there. He came back into the room and collapsed and his uh, attendant monks he tried to explain to them what it was. But, you uh, could be powerful, but it's not exactly an emotion. It's a it's an energetic force that belongs to no one. Shoto has another question about the hate. Yes. Does going to play music and watching how that may relatively soothe the hate, push that hate down for another go around? You know, that's a good question. It may, but if you're if you're spending a lot of time training your mind, which you are, sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Hold still, watch the movement. Don't add to it. Don't. This is how you practice seeing the contact, those thoughts going. Notice when the thought arises, notice there's a contact point, and then we abandon it for what it's about. And so if you're going down to play music and have a good time, no, you should do that. You should, you should play music. When you, when you want to party or want to play, do it. Uh, the, the avoiding entertainment, uh, that, that, that is kind of a past times there were ideas of going to the mountaintop and never coming down because you're because the self-centeredness is so powerful uh, even Milarepa uh, the the ancient uh, the sage of the uh, the Tibetan saint Milarepa stayed in his cave his whole life and I don't think it was at the end uh, towards the end but initially that was a, a very self-centered kind of stuff that was happening he was going to be a great yogi I didn't know him personally but kind of looks that way on the other hand he eventually transcended more than likely, his, uh, if you read his uh, 100,000 songs, which I've read 15 or 20 of them, uh, you, can, you can feel it in his writing, even though it's translation, that he had deep understanding of the nature of this world and the world that we're all in. So the idea is to play music, have a good time, uh, 
but you should be playing a Mussorgsky or Mozart, or you should be, you know, yeah, you should do that rather than playing a heavy metal. <laughs> or let's mix them together. Really intense uh, expression of uh, anger, which is uh, quite often what I hear in metal. And, I, and some of that I, I like quite a bit, so I appreciate it. Some of it is a powerful artwork, no doubt. Uh, but also some of it is, uh, you know, just uh, what, rage against the machine, metalheads. A question from uh, Shane. He's in Virginia for the pandemic because California is on lockdown. Two questions. Yes. Why do all our questions seem to go back to how do I get rid of this? And Mm -hmm. two, how do those questions help us see the truth? Um, I think it's just uh, the it's important to to Buddha Dharma Sangha have a have someone who. Obviously not the Buddha, but someone who is a representation. I do the best I can with what I understand. Just been doing this a while. And then so it's important to ask the question and then receive the answer and then question the answer. And then and then also listen to what the teaching person says. Go to the wall, sit down. So if you're not training your mind, you can, we can't do this intellectually. You can go quite a ways. If, I'm sure you've read enough books, as we all have, that where people... In the book, they appear, they've got it down. They appear to be enlightened. But go have lunch with them. See what it's, see what it's like. See what your daily experience of looking into this person's eyes. Um, talk to them about, I probably shouldn't talk about politics. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying that there, there are ways to avoid this that are highly style, uh, stylized and polished, that are powerful and, and exemplify you know, incredible intelligence and intellect and understanding relatively but to transcend this world without leaving it seems to take a lot of mind training sit down hold still watch the movement watch the movement because the very nature of movement is the confusion is the circularity of the mind called samsara starting ending starting ending starting here it comes there it goes here it comes there it goes you need to watch that uh, without doing anything with it so asking questions good practice so ask ask questions and, and then whatever the response is coming, especially coming from me, don't necessarily believe it. Chew on it yourself. Look at it. Give it the benefit of the doubt. Say, is this, how does this work? How does this work with my, my situation, my practice? You might come up with another question that might be a little bit deeper into the way in which you avoid the reality that is your life. Uh, <clears throat> question from Mayun in France. Mayun. She asks, do the feelings that are experienced in dreams or deep consciousness have the same qualities than in the mundane life? Thank you. Yes. Yes, they do. They, they have, they, from the fundamental uh, situation, there's no difference between uh, dreams at night or daydreams or this everyday life, walking from the kitchen down the hallway and speculating on whether the garbage has been taken out or whatever is happening and the dream where those kind of things are happening or maybe more exotic things are happening. So the, the differentiation between it, it's the same consciousness. When I say same, the consciousness is not separate. It separates uh, for a, a time. It is discrete for a time so that we can train our minds so we can fundamentally see what this is and who we are. It's an, an incredible school. It's just and, and, but it's it, it, quite often it's like we have billions of people who are in the schoolroom and they they try to tear it apart or they try to have their way or make it into something else. And that seems to be necessary to happen. So and and uh, also uh, 
I mean, there, there's different people will work with us in different ways. Even though we have 15 people, we all men and women, we all look similar. But being a Dharma teacher for a few years, I've noticed how incredibly different people are. The, the, I, I often say uh, I, I don't want a lot of students because uh, the way I teach is very direct to each person. Uh, when I'm talking to you, well, there isn't anybody else. Uh, when I'm talking to, when you know there isn't anyone else, when I'm talking to Chazon or Kozan or anybody, if I'm talking to 15, uh, 20 people, or if I'm talk, talking to the people now, uh, there isn't anybody else. So think about what those words say. There, there isn't anybody else. So that, that n nothing else quality shows up even stronger when I'm sitting looking in someone, someone's eyes. Then because of the training that, that I've been through with the help of my teachers and the understanding that I have, which is, I'm not saying it's some kind of ultimate understanding. I don't know. I, I get my permission to function as a teacher from, uh, well, Mayun, from you, from Chazan, from Unyo, from people that are close to me. And if someone I've never met before comes on and they're listening to me, then kind of giving me some permission. I've had people listen to me for several years before they even contact me. Not sure what that, why that is. <laughs> Probably they think I'm going to send them a bill or something. <laughs> Shadow had a question from yes. earlier um, about the 12 links. He said, how do we work back through the 12 links? <clears throat> well, the traditional way is to go from sickness, aging, and, and death, uh, as the Buddha did. And then he saw, when, as the story goes, went outside, saw sickness, aging, and death, and saw, why are people, why is there old age? Why are people dying? Why is there sickness? And then he went back to what? Well, there's birth. And then, well, why is there birth? And then there's becoming. Why is there becoming? I mean, I'm just being simplistic about it, but it's that kind of thing. Um, you could do that. There are different ways. You know, if you, there's so many different ways to explain how these work. They're very. Um, there's a way of breaking it down into three lifetimes. The middle lifetime is uh, the middle eight uh, links in the chain of, ex of existence. Your past lifetime is uh, uh, ignorance and formations, and your future lifetime is birth. <laughs> no kidding birth and then sickness, aging, and death. So it's just a way of talking about it. They're, they're, they are concepts. Uh, the, the one that is often um, is, uh, often uh, emphasized and the one that I would emphasize is look at the way you, you have the feeling. So you have, something comes up, contact, and then you have a feeling about it. And then you, you grasp it. When, when, you, when you grasp it, maybe it's a bad feeling. So you grasp it to get rid of it. Or it's a really nice feeling. You grasp it to get more of it or to have pleasure. Uh, or maybe it's something that you're not with. So then you ignore it so it won't distract you. Uh, just a way of talking about it. So it's about watching that, looking at the, something I've talked about for years. I know you know that. The texture of things. Look at the very texture because the texture has no positive, negative, neutral personality. You're kind of depersonalizing by being able to just receive. You can't, you can't produce onto it, although there are techniques, especially in tantric uh, material, where you're actually going in and actively working with uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance in a way, using mantra, using visualizations. Not against that. I've practiced it oh, quite a bit. Um, but that may show up. Um, but the way that shows up, the way this looks to me is you, most of the people I'm meeting, it, you need to just sit down and watch what is moving in their mind and don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't look away. Difficult to do. Let's start there. And then if you need to practice Tantra, we'll get into that later. Maybe 
Um, there aren't any other questions uh, at the moment. Uh, one final okay. comment from um, Shoshi. Yes. He says, thank you, Unio and Sokazan and everyone continuing to support this practice. I have no questions for you today, just gratitude and love. We love you too, Shoshi. Smiling land. We could um, bow out and dedicate yes. the merit. Okay. However you want to do it. You're in charge. May the merit of this, this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all Venerable Ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the Great Prajna, Paramita. All Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three worlds, please hear us, please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist community and all that practice in our various places and homes. Please heal and be with everybody who is sick, suffering, and may they all be filled with light.